Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is the center of the city. Now here's late night drunk diner, Luke Anderson. And neurotic sociopath, Will Darkins. On 1080, The Fan. Hey, hey, happy Saturday morning. Woo! What's going on out there, Will? Yeah! Wait, out there? Yeah, what's going on in the world? I, uh, I took last week off, so I basically put myself in a cocoon until today did i miss anything that's it you didn't leave what do you mean you just you just left and then you no. just came here you literally haven't been anywhere else no since I, last I have not i've not paid attention to the news the the sports uh nothing i figured i'd just come in out of nowhere out of left field and we mm. just see where this uh thing go did i miss anything yeah what nba's back it's nice. literally back like they're playing today man i'm pumped about that yeah like they are they're on the court right now. See, you got it on the Golf Channel. You got to change the ESPN because Dame is taking the court right now, and they're playing the Pelicans. I don't know. They're they're showing old golf footage right now on the Golf Channel, and it's when they used to wear cardigan sweaters to play mm-hmm. golf. Mm-hmm. This is old uh, Arnold Palmer footage. Yeah, and a bunch of guys in uh, polyester uh, slacks, mm. and then the uh, the full on cardigan. Here's Arnold Palmer about to swing. And a cardigan. Maybe we should try to bring that back for golf. Uh, no. No? No. Uh, do, you golf... think Harold, do you think Harold Bluestein wears a cardigan when he golfs? Uh, he probably wears a cardigan to sleep. That's a, that's a fair point. But, yeah, I mean, I think I think Harold probably dresses just like Arnie is on the TV right now when he plays. Let me tell you something. <laughs> he walked back in. He said he still has the same clothing. That's, that's when I think you achieve old is when you don't update your wardrobe for, like, two decades. Would you put on a microphone him. if you're gonna talk to I us, Harold? Jeez, I got a I've got a leisure sh- suit and a, a cardigan. That Is that I where you go wear. to pick oh, up women? Arnie looks good, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, old man. All right, I'm all right, old here. man. Have you a have a wonderful sh- weekend. <laughs> Sorry to draw you in. You know what I was gonna say is, God bless it for Tiger Woods being good at golf. Yeah, because if that didn't happen, this would still be what golf is today. It's just and you probably would not have as many young, excited people about golf. Sure. Change the game. 
I mean, seriously, living in this time now and when you grew up, like, you watched golf back then, and if it continued like this, would you still have the same level of interest? And don't say yes. Come on. Listen, I I enjoy playing the game, um, and I, for most sports, that's entirely separate from enjoying watching the game. So I would probably play golf because I enjoy the challenge of it, Mm. but I would not watch golf. No, it's just, it's, it's entirely different. The, uh, enjoy the the challenge of it, huh? I do. I do. Cause I not that great at it, but with hard work. I've improved. Okay, I'm going to call you. BS on that. You like, don't think I'm better than I was? BS. Oh. I think that you saw Tiger Woods, and you probably started golf before Tiger sure, Woods. Sure, yeah. But I think that seeing Tiger Woods play and getting caught up in Tiger Woods hysteria, the majors, the jackets, the running his car into a fire hydrant, his wife punching him in the face, it made you want to get better at golf. There are two things in golf that are unattainable. What's that? Hot women. <laughs> uh, hitting the golf ball like Tiger Woods yeah. and hitting a golf ball like Happy Gilmore. And God knows everybody of my age or near my age tried to do both, and you can't do either. Oh, that's if, right. You were the age of Happy Gilmore. If, huh? anything, if anything, many a golfer regressed from watching Happy Gilmore and watching Tiger Woods. Those are two things that are entertaining in golf, but do not help you get better at golf. Because Tiger Woods hmm. swings like a monster. Because now everybody is hitting the ball 350 yards, and it's fun to watch Brooks Kepka and, and Dustin Johnson go out there, and you go, wonder where that ball went. Because it just disappears off the screen to the point where Fox pulled out the tracker so you can see where the ball goes in the sky. The little line. That's how guys hit the golf ball now. Yeah, because they have not figured out the... Happy Gilmore technology where the camera just swoops in behind it. Mm. And then you can watch it go down the street and hit the house, knock the guy out of the window. How the hell did they do that? I always wonder that how they did the thing of like, he, he hits the ball and then they like go at some kind. And it's I know how they drones. I mean, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like, I know how they would do it today, but like, that was what a mid nineties movie. Sure. Yeah. Like, how did they get that shot where you had the wind tunnel as the sound, and then it went back to all the uh, the the lame looking white people looking out like, oh, yeah. yeah, movie magic, movie magic. That's the fun of it is you just don't know. You know, they should make a sequel to Happy Gilmore. Absolutely, and it should be that Happy comes back to help Tiger. Ooh, I like what you're doing. I was thinking yeah, that man. I was thinking that Happy Gilmore went through a Tiger esque downslide, and he's trying to trying to make his comeback. And like Tiger, he was just he was he was schlepping around town. Yeah, he constantly. He he was the winningest golfer of all time mm. until his marriage and his uh, infidelity was all torn asunder. And yeah, he was splayed, ran his Mercedes into a played uh, across the uh, yeah. tabloids for all to read. I'd watch that. So I mean, it'd be terrible, yeah. but I'd watch it. When's that thirty for thirty coming out? You the think? Happy Gilmore thirty for thirty. No, the Tiger Woods. <laughs> I'd watch the Happy Gilmore thirty for thirty. Oh. Um, I don't know. It would be. It would be maybe when his uh, playing career is over because the story's not finished. He's still going. At, he won a Masters for crying out loud. Yeah, that thing's finished. It's kind of sad too. He actually should have retired after that Masters. To be quite yeah, honest, it would have been a sweet walk. I'm yeah. just like, all right. I know see. he's ch- chasing the major title, but yeah. like, dude, come on. We all, like you already have a whole generation of people who believe you still are. No, even 
though you don't have the most majors of anybody, yeah. you have a whole generation of millennials and probably Gen Zers now too, who are just like, yeah, Tiger Woods, best golfer of all time. Sure. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of people that do that in basketball and yeah. won't even have an argument. And they, they never watched Jordan yeah. play. Yeah. And it's they Kevin say it's Durant. Okay. <laughs> Shut up. It's Katie. Katie's my man. It's, it's, it's neck and neck. Katie or Kyrie. And now that they're on the yeah. same team, watch that. Oh my God. Uh, they're going to be so good, especially in Orlando. Charles Barkley. Uh, was making the comments. I think we may have even played them on this show or another show that I was on at some point over the last few weeks because all we talked about was the last dance, of course, uh, for the last oh, month and a half. God, it's great. But Charles Barkley comments were after that were there are two athletes that exist in their own stratosphere, and it's Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods. He said there's nobody else that you spend time with that you see the way people react with such insanity around those two guys. Roger Federer. He even mentioned Federer. He goes, I've spent time with Federer. Federer is great. He's a great champion. Mm. But people do not lose their S like they do when they see Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan, especially at their peak. And, again, Barkley was there with those guys when they were at their absolute peak. So I will take his word for it. But sure, yeah. man. I mean, if you trust him more than you trust me. I'm going to say that I do. Now, Now, listen, you would pee a little if you got to meet Roger Federer. There's no question about it. I would pee happy tears. <laughs> Wait, what? You know what I mean. I. That's gross. You're gross. Um, Yeah. So is that all I missed? <laughs> Pretty much. Tiger Woods stuff. I mean, that's it. Oh, yeah. And I got obsessed with the uh, Netflix show uh, Selling Sunset. I've never even heard of this show. <laughs> oh, man. It's great. Yeah, it's so good. Oh. It is Southern California realtors just smoking hot. Just oh, oh god. Yeah, these du these dudes. Very really no, that's season two. Okay, it's these women who are just super done up. Yeah, like they've all had plastic surgery, and I like they, where you're going. They all look like they are on the cover of Maxim, and they're selling homes. Nice. And they, let me tell you something. Are if they you selling think, homes or selling hope? No, they're selling oh, homes. Okay. Gotcha. And if you think they have good interpersonal relationships with each other, hell, you're wrong. Really? It gets really catty really huh. fast. And it's, it's this vicious cycle where, like, I turned it on because basically my wife was like, look, I don't want to watch something besides The Last Dance or 60 Minutes or something boring that you like. And I go, okay, fine. Turn on whatever you want. I don't care. <laughs> and so she goes on Netflix and she goes, I've seen this and I want to watch it. I go, okay, fine, whatever. She turns on Selling Sunset and it's this vicious cycle of touring these incredible multi-million dollar homes in California. And it kind of gets you drawn in because you're like, oh, this is a sick home. And you're watching and then they somehow sneak in this little drama oh. that you're like, oh, now I'm kind of interested in that. What's Claire up to? Chriselle. There's some woman named Chriselle on there. It's a good name. We almost went with Chriselle for one of the twins, but we couldn't find a good matching name. Chriselle and Cruella just didn't, we couldn't quite get it. And then there's this chick called Davina. I know a Davina. And Amanza. I don't know an Amanza, but I, I know, actually had I know to pause the Netflix and I, rewind to just see the lower third that it was actually Amanza. Yeah, I know a Davina. Good with that. But, yeah, I don't know an Amanza. Amanza. Uh, well, it sounds really compelling. I'm sure we'll discuss it more in it's what incredible. to watch. Um, You've got to watch it. 
And let your kids watch it, too. Absolutely. We want them to have all of these positive influences in their lives. Hey, they're real estate agents, man. They're they're getting in six-digit commissions, bruh. Like, breaking that S in. Sick, bruh. But, like, immediately there was a scene where, like, one of the guys was obviously fake buying a house and just trying to hit on the realtor. I like that, too. And I even predicted it, too. I go, how long in this show am I going to watch before I see something like that? Literally the first house they show, it's some skeezy guy trying to pick up on a realtor. Eh, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Um, it, listen, that's Southern California. Can we be honest about it? I lived in Southern California yeah. in two different stints. That's Southern California. So can you, could you, like, uh, just lie to a high-end real estate group and say like hey what up you know i'm i do this i'm my net worth is 10 million dollars and i'm looking for a home and could you go on a private meeting or or is there a vetting process um i don't think i could i know people that could i know i know people from from my my circle when i lived in la i know guys that could pull that off and they would do it quite well so yeah i i I don't know what the vetting process is. I'm guessing that when you smell a six-figure commission, you'll talk to anybody. Mm. Um, but I'm sure there's some sort of quick analysis. But I doubt there's a full vetting process. I would imagine they maybe, like, talk to you on the phone. Yep. And they kind of get a feel. And then when they meet you in person, they look at what you're wearing. Oh, like, sure. if you were able to fake yeah, that's them what out. I mean. Yeah, there's a quick analysis. Yeah. You'd have to invest no a question. little bit of money in some really nice clothing. Yep. Just, like, one outfit. Yep. Something, something from our money roll up in there with you know <laughs> other brands i can imagine you in a full armani suit can you uh, uh, this isn't big enough <laughs> wait what this, uh, this house isn't big enough oh yeah i could totally i i could be part of the ruse i could not be the ringleader but trust me i know people that could um let's do this let's talk about this nba return that you alluded to oh. uh damian lillard um well, he had some ideas earlier in the week that turned into a online, on television, on Twitter spat with Dan Orlovsky. Of all people. Which is fantastic. Uh, and then we have his thoughts on uh, some of the other proposals. We'll get into the NBA coming back to play basketball. We'll start things there. It is The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. The Fan text line. It switched over yet? You should probably know this stuff. Well, what is it? Is it still 55305 until uh, Monday or does it already switch? Oh, come on, man. What's yeah. the new text code? 503 250 1080. 503-250-1080. 503-250-1080. Oh, so good. How convenient. Yeah, you put in a couple other numbers and you'll have to forget the other one. 503-250-1080 is the new fan text line save us in your contacts that's right and if you want to call us and gripe you can just you, you can hit call no, if you I want to text up. us yeah, you hit text i know but they shh. oh oh yeah call us yeah! i'll totally pick up so on the fan text line uh somebody helping us out and says you have to show bank statements for high-end properties to agents prior to viewing anything because those can't be faked there's also somebody who has uh, alerted me to the fact that that show, uh, actually, there's a, an entire series of pornographic films based on the concept of that show. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Of people, like, viewing homes and then having sex. 
Yeah, that sounds right. There are a lot of uh, there are a lot of things out there that happen in everyday world that have not been translated to pornography. Hmm. I mean, pizza delivery. The plumber comes over. Mm-hmm. Seems to be. Uh, I've I've heard a lot of uh, stepbrother, stepsister, uh-huh. parents. DMV. I don't know what that is. Oh, the actual DMV. Well, driving your driving test. You know. <laughs> driving test. I really got to pass this thing. Yeah, well, you do. I've got an idea for you, sir. I'm trying to think of something really mundane that you could turn into that. Pretty sure they've probably hit it all. Probably everything. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's hap- take all your major sports mm-hmm. has been turned into some sort of. Like you're at practice and then something happens. Or the cheerleader and the star yeah. player in the gym after, you know. That's right. The shoes squeaking on the, uh, on the court. I was going to say, what about fishing? But I'm sure stuff's happened on oh, a yikes. boat. Yeah, that sounds unappealing. Fishing and hunting seem like yeah. uh, something I could probably do without. But stocking a grocery store shelf. I'm oh, sure no, that's I'm been sure. made into it, right? Yeah. yeah, that's probably a John Waters film, too. 503-250-1080. Please let us know, are there situations that have not yet, everyday situations that have not yet been turned into pornographic films? No, no, no. More importantly, what? Uh, what everyday activity have you searched for in pornography and been unable to find? Uh, let's let's do this accurately. We don't need people doing a new search. What have you gone like, I'd really like to see... Well, the library, I was going to say, but we know that's uh, yeah, the, library's the library, office, uh, mm-hmm. school settings yeah. all exist. Uh, but, yeah, you were looking for a good fly fishing porn, and you couldn't find it. Yeah, like not a boat. No, no. Well, I mean, not like a, a, a cruiser boat or like a yacht or something, yeah. like just a little dinghy. What are the uh, what are the fan boats? Or do they have a, a different the fan boat? I'm sure that's been done. Yeah, the, the fan show. boat down in. Oh, uh, yeah, for show, dude. I'm sure that's a whole subgenre. Yeah, the fan boat turns on yeah. all of a sudden. Oh, my clothes are gone. Check it out. I got this uh, this boat video. <laughs> Wait, sub-genre. is it a fan boat video? No, just regular boat. I don't want to watch it. Yeah. Well, all right. Let us let us know uh, again. Five zero three two five zero ten eighty. Damien Lode. Yeah. Um, before we get into this uh, conversation, I'm going to play this repeatedly, hoping that. Uh, Dame Dalla hears it. Mm-hmm. I am yeah. anti Damien Lillard. Right. I knew this was coming. <clears throat> As it should. And uh, if anybody was unclear what that was, this was Will Darkin saying that he is. I am anti Damien Lillard. Anti Damien Lillard. Mm-hmm. So, Dame. Will wants a piece. Bring it on. Mm-hmm. He thinks that you are uh, spoiled and entitled. Right. I said that. Uh, this all stems from. Former NFL quarterback, that term used loosely, uh, and now ESPN analyst Dan Orlovsky criticizing on Thursday Damian Lillard, who told Yahoo Sports that he wouldn't play for the Portland Trailblazers if they were playing, quote, meaningless regular season games Mm -hmm. when the NBA returns. So there have been some suggestions that they will come back and play enough regular season games to fulfill the television contracts but not enough for a team that is three and a half games out of the eight seed to actually make the playoffs. Mm. So Dame said if they come back and there's no realistic, there's no actual way for them to get into the playoffs that he would sit out. So before we get any further into the Orlovsky-Dame dispute, what are your thoughts on Dame's response? Which was, hey, listen, I'm with my team. I'll be there, but I'm not playing. Uh, all I have to say is that 
if you have never believed in moral equity before in your life, this is the time. Moral equity is what you build up when you are a nice dude or a nice woman. And in your profession and in your personal life and with everything that you do, you do it with grace, you do it with understanding and empathy, and you make everybody around you feel as though you're an honest, truthful, and genuine person. Damian Lillard, I feel like, for the most part, has done that. He's won the, I think, Magic Johnson Press Award like twice from the media who say he is a delight to work with. He answers questions. He will vent frustrations, but he doesn't lash out. Um, his teammates absolutely love him. Ownership loves him. The city of Portland loves him. So the NBA, the NBA loves him. Uh, They've the, used him as a centerpiece for his philanthropy, for his hip hop. Uh, yeah. You know, he's just, he is a genuinely great employee of the NBA and just great citizen of the city of Portland and uh, the, the country. I mean, he's, yeah. he's nationwide. I mean, Damian Lillard sure. is, is a bigger star than I think we realize because we're somewhat, he's such a big star in Portland. Yeah, he's a big star in Portland. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I can't help but wonder what would happen if this situation was flipped and it was Russell Westbrook. <laughs> I I kind of think people would get behind Dan Orlovsky. Yeah. And you know what? I kind of would too. <laughs> I would totally get behind him. I would totally get behind him if it was Kevin Durant. I would totally get behind him if it was... C.J. McCollum? C.J. McCollum, maybe. Actually, I wouldn't care enough. (laughs) I would totally get behind him if it was James Harden. What I'm trying to say here is that I think in sports, this is the moment where following the rules and being a good guy really helps you out a lot. Because for the most part, if you ever encounter anything that is somewhat controversial, your moral equity gets backed up by the public who goes, you know what, he's right. And you know what? I'm not going to totally agree with Damian Lillard in this sense, but he has a point. Look, if he has no real chance to win an NBA title, and we've all known that he has made it completely vocal, hey, that's the reason I'm here in Portland. I want to win an NBA title. If he he feels like he doesn't have a true shot at it, he's going to sit out. And for me, I go, okay, yeah, that's fair. But again... I would probably be saying something very different if it was Russell Westbrook. <laughs> well, this this fueled a uh, highly contentious debate among Blazers fans that I know, um, and and people went back and forth. And really? Yes, and and you can divide. You had people on both sides. Oh, you can divide this down the uh, age line. Uh, they're Blazers fans of a certain age, mm. or sports fans of a certain age, very much on the side of. If you're a teammate, you go out and play regardless and, and very much the, um, you know, what kind of example are you setting for the kids type yeah. thing, right? And then you have people that go, hey, listen, uh, the fact that Dame has, has uh, done exactly what you just said, built up enough credits that he can make a decision that maybe you wouldn't make yourself, you give him enough room to breathe. But, yeah, I, I've seen people coming after him. Here's what Dan Orlovsky said. On Get Up. Are you familiar with Get Up? Yep. Do you watch Backline Orlovsky? Do you watch Get Up? I watch it when I used to go to the gym. Yeah. And that was really just because it would it would happen in my line of vision. Yeah. Well. So I guess I wasn't watching it. <laughs> I was actively trying not to. Yeah, it just kind of showed up. Well, Dan Orlovsky was on Get Up. And he said, uh, how can you sit there and go, nope, I'm not going to play. 
But understand that there's people out there that don't have a choice. They have to go to work. They have to go earn their money. I struggle with sitting here and going, you don't come off in some way a spoiled and entitled brat by saying, I'm not going to play. So this is Dan Orlovsky saying it, and Dame came back at him. He said, entitled and spoiled. This is on Twitter. He said, MF, watch your mouth. My background, family, and character couldn't be further from entitled and spoiled. It's spoiled. I said what I said. Mm. I actually responded to Dame on Twitter. Oh, did you? With the, uh, did, you set, did you switch my page? No, you just are so incompetent. You don't even know how to change no, I, pages. No, I know how to change pages. <laughs> I am anti-Damien Lillard. I just didn't want to go the wrong way. I'd have to cycle all the way back through. So, yep. you responded to Dame on Twitter. Yeah. I said, said hell I yeah. am anti-Damien Lillard. No, I said, hell yeah, dude. And then I used the gift from uh, How High when he <laughs> uh, goes into the lectrum and he starts making fun of the dean. And uh, Method Man's like, get him. And he just keeps <laughs> hurling insults at him. Get him! <laughs> Most of Twitter responded by showing Dan Orlovsky running terrified from Jared Allen unblocked yeah. out of the back of the end zone and not realizing it's out of the back of the end zone yeah. in one of his, it's I assume, 12 starts that he oh. had in the NFL in his 11-year career. Oh. So a lot of people pointing out Dan Orlovsky did not have a career in the NFL that resembled that that Damian Lillard has done so far in what it is. Well, what's your take on that whole thing? Because, um, you know, uh, primetime was kind of saying that like, it's, it's, it's horse bleep that, you know, uh, people who did not have such an illustrious career cannot have opinions like this without being kind of assailed by the public of being like, well, whatever you suck professionally. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, but that that goes that goes back to when you're a kid. I mean, you say something on the basketball court and you're less than. People are very quick to point that out. That is one of the rules of talking trash mm. is if somebody is not as good as you at anything, you point it out. Mm. People bring up any number of things. You can be in an argument about an Excel spreadsheet and someone goes, "Yeah, but you sucked at basketball in high school." And it's like, "All right, you got me there." Cool. So can we get back to this pivot table that I'm trying to illustrate ah, for that's you? Kinda, that's far-reaching, though. But I'm telling you, people... It, sports is sports. <laughs> no, it is not always sports. Sports uh, is sports. I, I'm actually I, in, fa- I, I'm in favor of people uh, doing this to Dan Orlovsky. I think it's okay. Yeah. I think the fact that you have such an embarrassing past, like, maybe you should be aware of that and then, like, know your ground. You know what I mean? Like, if you had such a kind of uh, hilarious career... And you're going to come out and say things that are this hot takey. Like, dude, you better expect that this is going to come back to you. Well, and I think David Faraday does this in golf uh, better than anybody. But he always points out before he says anything about anybody else, he goes, listen, I was terrible. (laughs) I was not a very good golfer. He's a professional golfer, so he's better than most. Mm. But he's like, listen, I was bad. And here are the things that I will say about this person. Now you can be a good analyst without having been a great player. I don't think there's any question about that, but you have to take your lumps when you say something. And Dan Orlovsky came back and he did apologize. He said, no, you're right. I was wrong to use that phrase at the end. That's my bad. My comment started by saying, I hope we all realize nothing is meaningless anymore. And if it's about protecting loved ones, 100%, I shouldn't have said entitled or brat at the end of that. 
it's that's on me and my bad. Whatever, dude. Yeah, you got that, pied in the face, bro. Yeah, you did. He got so pied in the face, and that's not going to help anything. It either. does not. And then he puts his tail between his legs, and that's when the uh, running out of the back of the end zone memes come out. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. He walked his comments well, back. But, but this is this is also the power of Damian Lillard, and because, like you said, he he has such a reputation that he can come out and he can defend himself. He does a very good job, but he does it without trying to be a bully. He's, he didn't go and attack his playing career right away in some of the response where people said, I've never even heard of Dan Orlovsky. Uh, Dame took a few shots, but I think it was fair game at that point. But Damian Lillard has a reputation where that he comes back at you. It puts somebody like Dan Orlovsky a little bit in shiver mode, tail between the legs. Sorry, man. I didn't, I mean, I didn't mean it. I mean, to be fair, I actually forgot who Dan Orlovsky was. Sure. Like I, I, I genuinely forgot. And then I had to watch that clipping and I go, Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah. I don't think I watch enough ESPN dribble to like yeah. know the cast. I know the basics. I know who Stephen A is. I knew Max is and yeah. Booger. Those guys worse NFL quarterbacks than Dan Orlovsky. Yeah, well well, we don't know though. No, we do. Maybe they would have been. Well, but they weren't. So therefore well, less but, than. But we zero, don't know. We zero don't know attempts, anything. zero starts. Oh, you, you're saying we don't know anything. In fact, <laughs> I could have been a better NFL quarterback than Dan Orlovsky. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> I could have been Damian Lillard, not happy with the idea of going back to the regular season and playing meaningless games, but there is a proposal that he is very happy with. And the NBA sounds like they are close to resuming basketball. We get into that after this sports center update. I'm not happy with Katy Perry. Why? She got me twice today. Twice. She gave me the little spooks. Did you get in her DMs or something? So there has been a Katy Perry cardboard cutout floating around the station uh, for, I don't know, a couple years, it feels like. Mm-hmm. And she randomly uh, appears in various places around the building. I don't know who the uh, the mastermind is. It, uh, it's Jeff McGinley. It, it is McGinley. Uh, at one point, she had a body. And now I think she's just a severed head of Katy Perry. Um but I think she even predates McGinley. So I don't know if other people are in on the ruse. But uh, right now, the cardboard cutout of Katy Perry, uh, her head is floating over the stall in the uh, hallway bathroom here. Well, it's not just her head. It's that her uh, eyes are just slightly peeking over. Oh, yeah. It's just, not really the whole head. It's like somebody's yeah. really leering at you. Oh, yeah. And uh, and it just takes a second uh, when I walk in. I'm like, yeah, because it. You have the automatic timers on the lights. So you go in, there's a brief second of darkness, and the lights pop in, and boom! Katy Perry looking over the uh, side of the wall. I'm going to the bathroom here. Boom! There she is looking at me. She got me twice. She's like, welcome to Flavortown. Uh, I haven't gotten it. um, I haven't gotten it. You haven't, you haven't, it hasn't gotten you? No. I I walk in and I'm like. That is outrageous. No, it really is. I mean, I mean, it's gotten me. Yeah. But not anymore. I kind of expect it now. Yeah. Mostly because I've been gotten, I've been had like six times. Okay. Yeah. So today's the first day that I've used that facility since it's been there. Yeah. Because last time I saw the severed head of Katy Perry, it was for some reason leering out. There's a, there's another bathroom in here with a shower curtain and her head was somehow leering out of the uh, shower. Now that's where I do want to see did, Katie. Perry. That one didn't get me. Yeah, but not in the bathroom. You want to see her severed head laying on the bottom of a no shower? Way. No. What's, come on, man. No. 
Katy Perry is an artist and a entertainer. She does not need to have a severed head. She's hot. She is hot. How old do you think she is? Ooh. 32. 35. 35. I was going to go 34, and then I went younger. You're welcome, Katie. So I just figured if she was listening, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go too old. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. Well, but you don't. You ever ever try to guess a woman's age? Like, they make you, and then you go, I don't know, 42, and they're like, 29. No, just extremely low ball. Yeah. Oh, you do. Uh, Yeah, 20. Back in my uh, table waiting days. Uh, when you'd have to do the happy, happy birthdays oh, from yeah. all of us to you. Yeah. I would always go extreme in opposite directions. So if it was uh, a person that I assumed was, I don't know, let's say 35 or older, they would always be like nine. All right, we're celebrating uh, Marge's ninth birthday today, and a 60-year-old woman would stand up, and everybody would get a chuckle. And then if you had a child, I would always go 85th birthday. So if they looked like they were anywhere near, and then you go those two extremes and nobody gets mad at you because you didn't guess incorrectly, <laughs> you're clearly just joking around. Ah! That's that's my move. Happy, happy birthday from all of us to you. I wish it was a birthday. The wicked booty too. Yeah, it's a good tune. And I don't think we get in trouble for singing that one. And that's why all the, all the uh, restaurants do it. That is one that does not, it's a royalty-free Happy birthday song. If How did the guy that wrote that not hire a lawyer and get that? I don't know, but if you ever notice why all of your uh, chain restaurants sing that version instead of the traditional happy birthday, yeah, it's not just because it's more upbeat. It's royalty-free. So what, are they worried that like somebody eating is like a copyright attorney? Well, they, be like, huh. It's very much like uh, uh, Michael Buffer. Is that his name? Yes. Yeah. The, you know who the he guy is. at the nope, beginning of boxing uh, matches. Uh, uh, That's how you describe it on air. The guy at the beginning of boxing <laughs> matches. That's all you gotta say. He he takes his catchphrase very seriously, and he has a team of trademark lawyers that go out and seek out the happy birthday people. Were very much the same for a long time because with movies and television, if they caught somebody, they could throw down these big penalties. And then yeah. they realized that oh, Applebee's has a lot of money, Olive Garden has a lot of money. So yeah. then some guy came in and said, listen. I, I don't need any money for this. I just can't afford to pay the fines. And they were probably at Fuddruckers, and they threw it together, and they said, hey, listen, my my fast, casual, uh, sit-down restaurants, here's, uh, here's a song that I can give to you, and you can uh, avoid all of this turmoil. Happy birthday! You writing a new one? Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. I can't wait for it. an electric what. guitar in there. Hey, it's almost. What day is it? 13 candles. We're less than a month away from my birthday. I want you to have it ready. 46 candles. That's pretty good. I like I like that you get the age in there. All right, work on I it. I lowballed it. No, no, but I, I, like, <laughs> I like what you're doing there. You got a good start. Work on it. Uh, for my birthday, I expect it to be ready. It's 47. Wow. Name is Dad. He's 47. It's his birthday. I'm picking up what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I'm all on board. Well, that segment has been completely wasted. What were we going to talk about? We're going to talk about the NBA, but oh. we'll talk about it next day. Well, next didn't we just talk about it? We talked about Dan Orlovsky and we, Dame. We, we talked Dan versus Dame. Dan, the Dan-Dame dispute of, of 2020. 2020. Damn it. 
2020, real quick. Worst year ever? No. Okay. I'm going to go 1929. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 2020, 39, maybe. 2020, working on it. <laughs> 2020, yeah. 08. Yeah. Don't forget the Kobe thing. 2001. But I forgot about Kobe. It's 2022, man. It's bad. There's some bad stuff going on. Yeah, uh, 2016 was also apparently really bad. Because yeah. then, like... Didn't a slew of celebrities die in 2016? Yeah, there was a slew of celebrities, but the people go t- in the in the 2000s. Yeah, 2020 is the worst year so far. And well, no, it's not because 2020 is in the 2020s. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> Happy birthday! Good versus evil is next. Sinner and Saint, 1080 the fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. Let the center and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil. Brought to you by the Titan of Hawaiian Restaurants. 808 on 1080 The Fan. If we can come up with a scenario where um, we, we give everybody confidence that the touch points are going to be so few and far between that they don't have to worry about going to an arena where there's a lot of people. And then, you know, in parallel to that, we, we have more confidence with the vaccine, then we may be able to have more people than, than we currently expect. That's a guy whose teeth cost more than your car and my car combined, Mark Cuban. The Mavericks owner has suggested a plan as to how the NBA should return from the coronavirus quarantine. The owners, or I'm sorry, the owner says it's a must that all 30 teams return to play for around five to seven regular season games. From there, the top 10 in each conference make the playoffs and the bottom six playoff teams play a series of play-in games. Players are already aware of the local TV contracts that must be met. Does Cuban's plan sound a little bit more viable to you than maybe anything else you've heard? I don't know. I just feel like anything is on the table for any of these leagues. The NBA seems to be in unison that they want to get something started soon, which to me is the best sign that something will happen. What it is, I don't know, and I honestly don't really care. I'm kind of like what uh, some of the quotes you've heard from the owners, which is, we're with Adam Silver on this. Whatever he comes up with, we're kind of good with it. Mm. On the other side of things, baseball is a mile apart on everything. And the <laughs> Players Association is planning on putting back a proposal that they know that the owners will reject just like the players do with the owner's proposal. And we may not see baseball in 2020. Uh, NBA, more progressive than baseball. Oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> There's obviously a pickiness about where he wants to go and where he wants to play, okay? There's got to be, it must be, as far as where he wants to go city and live-wise and where he wants to play. But, man, Jadeveon Clowney on that defense, like you said, opposite of Miles Garrett, they got talented defensive tackles. You know, this is a team on the rise. That's a guy who threw a fit at J. Crew because they sent him a shirt and extra slim instead of child's extra medium. Chris Sims, ESPN's Adam Schefter, reported this week that Jadeveon Clowney walked away from an offer from the Cleveland Browns recently. This isn't the first time the star defensive end has walked away from an offer. Both Seattle, his last team, and Tennessee have tried to sign Clowney to a deal. He has stated that he would like a $20 million a year contract. So would I. 
Yeah, me too. What are the circumstances around Jadavian Clowney? Are teams undervaluing him? Is he overvaluing himself? Or is there just no market right now for high-priced DNs? There's definitely a market for high-priced DNs. It's the injury concerns. I think uh, if you look back at Clowney's career and his his injuries to start his career, he's been relatively healthy through the middle part of it. But last year, in and out of the lineup with injuries just makes people wary of it. You sign somebody to a long-term t- term contract. In the NFL, you don't have to fulfill the entire contract but you're still on the hook for some money in the first couple years. So I think they want to see him get through a complete season before they do it. I think Clowney's right on to value himself because when he's in there, he's a menace. And I think teams are correct to be weary. So it's tough when both sides are right to come to an agreement. But I think Clowney ends up probably playing for less money on a one-year contract this year. This is a Rorschach test. Either you see somebody who is making $8 million to play a game for a few months at a time or you see a guy who just got asked to take an 80% pay cut. And that distinction is going to be really interesting to see with the fallout here because this, Scott, has galvanized the players. That was a guy who was originally cast to play Damian, Jeff Passan. The MLB owners have delivered a proposal to the players regarding pay scales in order to start the season sooner rather than, well, later. It would be a graded system in that the more you make, the less you can get on a percentage basis. Conversely, the less you make, the more you get on a percentage basis. Does that make sense to you? Nope. The players are completely pissed off about this and suggest uh, this suggestion from the owners. Are they really validated in their anger? Yeah, I think so. I think the owners are being uh, somewhat insane on the way that they want to figure out, re-figure everyone's value. Uh, The whole point of the contract is this is what you're worth to this team now if you play an abbreviated system and you prorate salaries based on the number of games that they play why would you why would you have a different scale based on what the players make the other problem that major league baseball has is minor league baseball now they have to figure out what they're going to do with their farm systems you've got people all the way down to single a and you have to pay them less money because those leagues are going to be affected too i get that it's a tricky math problem to have but again NBA, players, owners, everybody going, we need to figure something out, guys. Major League Baseball's going, you know what? It's not worth it going out there and playing in some convoluted system that nobody quite understands and nobody gets paid what they're worth. I, I'm getting the feeling we may not see baseball in 2020. Oh, my gosh, really? It's, it's, they're a million miles apart. The MLB Players Association is intentionally writing a uh, proposal in response to Major League Baseball's proposal that they know they will reject just so they can try to get closer to the middle. That's how far apart they are. Oh, man. I got to tell you something. Yeah? I just got really excited. <laughs> 1994 all over again. Great. No baseball. It's idiotic. We can quit acting like we actually give an S about it. Time for my favorite story of the week. This one. Oh, this This one. one, I got to tell you, somebody's really smiling on me for this one. Okay, let's hear it. It comes from New South Wales, Australia. Your headline, men hired for sexual fantasy break into the wrong house. I like where this is going. In a sex fantasy gone wrong, two men with machetes entered the wrong house in New South Wales, Australia, before, well, quickly realizing they were just wrong. 
I was taking a drink of water. I nearly spit it across the room. I did not know machetes would be in this story, but it, it brings me joy already. Uh, they had been hired to carry out a client's fantasy of being tied up in his underwear and stroked <laughs> with a broom. <laughs> Where do the machetes come in? Well, hang on. I'm... <laughs> The role play was arranged over Facebook by a man near Griffith, New South Wales, who provided his address to the hired pair. Quote, he was willing to pay $5,000 equivalent in Australia if it was, quote unquote, really good. (laughs) So just like the MLB players, this one was contingent on play. Sure, of course. However, the client moved to another address just 30 miles away without updating the two men. How long was this in the works? Then they entered the home of the original street of the original address. When the resident noticed a light, the resident of the wrong home, noticed a light on his kitchen at 6.15 in the morning, he assumed, well, hey, it's just a friend to come over and have some coffee in the morning. (laughs) When the man called out the name of the client, the resident turned on the light and removed a sleep apnea mask he was wearing, only to find two men standing above his bed with machetes. Is this a Coen Brothers film? When they realized their error, one of the men said, Sorry, mate. Shook the resident's hand and walked out. Blimey. Sorry about that, mate. We'll just get on our way. Clearly a mistake here. Yeah, it's not really getting into why. I mean, they they briefly mentioned that I guess they were just props. The two men then drove to the correct address where the client noticed one man had a great big knife in his trousers and asked them to leave the weapons in their car. So it sounds like the two men trying to execute this thing went rogue and go, hey, let's take this thing over the top and bring machetes in. That's not a knife. This is a knife. Ah, Yikes. Yeah, doesn't this feel very much like something like an outtake from the Big Lebowski? Kind of. Yeah. How frightening is that? You wake up, and there's just two dudes with machetes and a broom over you. I was afraid of uh, Katy Perry looking over the uh, stall in the bathroom. So, yeah, that would be uh, that would be an unpleasant way to uh, spend your morning. I do love how also in Australia everybody apparently is just so friendly to the point that it's like they're in the wrong house, and they just go, oh, sorry, mate, shake hands and go on our way then. <laughs> In America, where it's like, what the hell? Oh, yeah, everybody's getting sued. And then the dudes with the machetes are like, oh, man, he's going to tell someone we got to kill him now. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you're not not Dan. Uh, Hey, wait a minute. Oh, this is the wrong house. Hey, we'll get on our way. Sorry about that. No problem. Shake it. Hey, don't worry about it. Hey, there's coffee, man. Get yourself a cup. (laughs) Does that seem like irresponsible social distancing? Well, I don't know what Australia's doing. Maybe they got something different going on. I don't know, but it sounds like Australia has uh, really, uh, they've uh, come across the future of Facebook ahead of the U.S. I do like how you had mentioned, like, well, how long was this in the works? I mean, probably for a while. Yeah. This sounds pretty intricate, elaborate. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of moving elements. You know, what broom? How long? How many guys? Yeah. Are you going to bring a machete? Have Are you, you sure recently? you're not going to bring a machete? <laughs> Have you moved recently? I said in the comments specifically, no machetes. Oh, all right. Yeah, it says Katy Perry, machetes, social distancing. This sounds like a Tarantino film. Yeah, I don't think it's far off from that either. Pretty much. All right. 
Well, there you have it. Wonderful story. Uh, this is your uh, Good versus Evil. It's brought to you by 808. Uh, they are open for to-go and delivery. You can find their menus and hours at ate-oh-ate.com. Did you read the special instructions? Because I said no machetes. <laughs> Listen, mistakes were made. Thing, hey, sometimes in Facebook setup sex fantasies, Mistakes can be made. To me, it sounds like the dudes went rogue. We'll be and better. And we're like, let's do this. We'll be better next time. <laughs> like they went to the wrong fantasy. All right, we'll get into the NBA reopening, uh, Major League Baseball not reopening, uh, the NFL, college football, everybody trying to figure out how to get back to normal. That's hour two. This is The Center and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.